Welcome to The Center and the Saint. I'm Melissa Bell. And I'm Allison Kane. So it's been an interesting week since we talked last. Um, I'm doing 21 days of prayer and fasting with my church. Awesome. Yeah. And you know what? You don't have to fast from like food for 21 days. <laughs> Which is uh, so good. Good to point out. <laughs> Just in case you're wondering. But I always thought previously, that's very weird. And that's for like the elite. Mm. Um, but it's been really good. And I'm proud of myself for coming so far because I mean they've done this for the past two years I'm like yeah yeah whatever no thanks and this year you're jumping in right okay so what so So, are you fasting from food is it or are you fasting from something I'm fasting from lots of things okay yeah and so all at once or different things all at once okay like I just wrote it down I asked God what I was doing so on one hand I'm like way to go Melissa Mm-hmm. Good for you. And then on the other hand, <laughs> I'm so proud of me. <laughs> right, I'm very proud of you, Melissa. I'm just you have to acknowledge, right? Yeah. We talked about celebrating our little wins. Yes. Um, and then I had to take the sticker off the back of my van that says, um, "Do you follow Jesus as closely?" Because just here in Apex, y'all are aggressive when you see that sticker. And then next thing you know, I'm gonna have to get out and throw hands. <laughs> And I'm getting ready to travel down the interstate, like across to Florida. And I'm thinking, this will not be good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I had to take my sticker off. That's a good idea, actually. Yeah, because like, I'm probably going to flip somebody off. Yep. Shame on you. <laughs> shame on me. Right. And I don't need to bring any more shame on me. There's plenty of it. We're going to, that's a good, we're going to, we're going to look at that today. Shame. Oh, the middle finger or shame? Uh, (laughs) Definitely not the middle finger. Definitely shame. By the way, I don't really do the middle finger. uh, We do thumbs up. Yeah. That's what the kids now do, too. When you have a 12-year-old in the car, you definitely don't do the middle finger. Well, now, like the teenagers, it's kind of more, um, it's kind of more aggressive to just give them a thumbs up. Okay. It's sort of like, I don't know. It means it's a thing. It's a thing. I like it. I do, too. I like the some of the changes that they're instituting in the world but wait now the thumbs taboo so like no no it's not okay no it's not taboo it's just basically like uh instead of being aggressive about it it's like hey buddy thumbs up but you're being sarcastic okay i feel like it's the same thing it's sarcasm and passive aggressiveness right (laughs) instead of just in your facedness oh maybe that's why maybe i should try that yeah thumbs up baby thumbs up Hey, so next time you're driving and someone gives you a thumbs up and a cheesy smile, they're not your friend. Yeah, probably not. (laughs) Probably not. Well, speaking of people that need help. (laughs) Oh, yeah, here I am. I'm right here. I was sitting with Mark, chapter 2, verse 17. Oh, I was like, who's Mark? I know, he's a new friend. (laughs) It says, and and many of us have heard this, um, this verse, All throughout our lives. And it's when Jesus heard this, he said to them, those who are healthy have no need for a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And I was considering this verse Mm -hmm. for a minute and how when I've read this in the past and when I just sort of blow through it, Mm -hmm. I think I... In my mind, even though if I sit with it longer, you realize there's much more to it. But when we sit with it, I think I've always considered it's the the people who to be sick as the people who don't know God yet, who um, 
I don't know, are way yonder outside the fence. Way yonder. Way yonder, (laughs) away from the sheep, you know, that he's going to get. Um, It's not me. Or maybe my circle of friends in the church. So I read that, and I feel like it's a total diss on all of the elitist in the church and all the people that think they have all their stuff together. Yeah. He's like, walk on, just get out of my face. I don't even want to deal with you. Well, that is exactly what he's saying. I mean, it's like news alert. That's all of y'all. You all sick. (laughs) Right. But if you're going to come at me like you're not sick, move along so I can help someone that actually knows that they're sick. Yes. His point here is really that he is for those who recognize their weakness those who recognize their failures and their brokenness and know that they need a savior. They aren't their own savior. Um, that really want to humbly seek God, which definitely is not the Pharisees and <laughs> right. the religious leaders of this time. But I think that sometimes we can skip past this in scripture and not really think about how this is. We are that. We are those sick people. We aren't healthy without the Lord. Um, And it's his healing. It's his love. It's his truth. But there are a lot of things that get in the way of us approaching God with this humility. Yeah, arrogance, pride. Um, you can get puffed up in knowledge. Is that what the word says? Ooh, yeah. I think there's doubt. Oh, yeah, we can go there, too. You know, there's the <laughs> tension of, like, um, the joy and the doubt and the faith and the doubt. Um, I think there's fear of being let down, of not being enough. And then there's shame. Shame is probably... So I'm going to say... The people that are, as you called, in the fence, mm-hmm. they're probably dealing with pride and wisdom and maybe some fear that they're not even acknowledging. But your people outside the fence, mm. they're the ones that have the shame. And sadly, their shame is often brought, like, exacerbated by a quote-unquote well-meaning Yes. Christian. <laughs> yes, by those who don't think that they are sick. <laughs> yes. But they are sneezing away, people. Hacking up a lung and have a fever. I'm just kidding. They're, <laughs> They're asymptomatic. But, oh, I see right through you, just so you know. <laughs> exactly. Well, I thought we'd do a deep dive on shame. Okay. I, that's, I know I, shame very well. We're friends. I, you know, I agree with what you said. I think shame seems more obvious that people out way outside um, the little fence of sheep, the one who is lost, it seems more obvious that they're dealing with shame. But I think if we're honest, no matter what we think, we all have some shame. And we can't help it because we were born into sin. Yeah. And that is, I mean, if you go all the way back to Genesis... I've been taking this class on the book of Genesis. I mean, if you go all the way back there, they they sin and they they're shame, they're ashamed. Right. So it starts right there. I mean, if anyone, it's like, dang, that's Adam and Eve we're talking about. Like God actually 
really created them from the dust. I mean, he creates us too. It's just kind of a little different since they're the first humans on the planet. But um, that was their first thing. Right. Shame and fear. But, um, well, the shame brought the fear, right? Yes. And we try to cover it with a ton of things, different things, like you were saying. Uh, maybe it's lots of degrees. Uh huh. Like you have uh, four different college degrees and this many certifications and a doctorate and whatever. It's amazing how you can see that in people. Maybe it's just a tough and rough exterior. Oh, yeah, that was me. Yeah, for sure. Hiding all that behind your. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Or maybe it's performing for others' approval. Mm. That probably that would have been me. Yeah, we just you talked know? about that in people pleasing. Yes, not too long ago. So there's that, but we all have we all have some shame because we just because we're all sick, whether we recognize it or not, and humbly go before the Lord and recognize it. But I would say that I believe, and let's see what you think about this. One of the most destructive lies that we take on as truth because of the shame is that if we do enough good things, Mm. okay, we can get rid of the shame. We can work our way ourselves out of the feeling of shame. I, when you were speaking about that, I imagine one of those old weights, you know, where there's the two different sides. Mm. And so you have the one, oh, like the, the scale. balance, the scale. Oh, so yeah. on one side of the scale, you have all of your shame. And so you're just trying to pile on the goodness. Yes. So it will counterbalance. But that's not what God calls you to do. Yeah. Just try. We're just trying to put enough good stuff and do enough good things that mm-hmm. we don't feel that shame anymore. Or worse, you puff yourself up with, well, at least I didn't. At least I'm not as bad as. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Guilty. Fill in the blank. Guilty. <laughs> Guilty of that. Well, at least I'm not. Like, like that does anything to take it away. Um, I think that is one of the biggest lies that can be the most destructive. Would you? So here's my question. We are called... Shame's not the word, but we're supposed to feel something. Yes. So mm-hmm. tell me the difference between shame and conviction. Because God convicts us, right? Yeah, he does. And so... He teaches, he corrects. Right. So yeah. what, what would be the difference between me feeling convicted versus me feeling shame? Well, I think it's not even the feeling of it because God gave us feelings. Wow. This is really a good question. Thank you. You always have really good questions. (laughs) And you know, I'm not the expert here, but I would say it's not even about the feeling. God gave us feelings and all these things are okay. It's what we do with the shame. Okay, girl. It's not the feeling because we can be angry. Jesus was, you know, he had all the feels when he was here. Um, It's what we do with it. And so do we take that shame and believe the lie that our good works, that we can cover it up, we can make it better, or do we humbly place it before God and say, I can't fix this, trust in his love, trust in his forgiveness, and let him in? Because when we try with our own effort, we're basically taking God out of the equation. Mm. And I hate math. But if you, (laughs) taking God out of this equation to rid ourselves of shame, 
doesn't work, like does not compute. It's like A plus B equals C. I don't. Mm-hmm. I think that. I guess that's still a thing. I don't know. But you can't do A plus B equals C if you leave out the A. Then right. you just have plus B equals C. But plus what? Right. You've got to have God to complete the equation. I think that's called like an inequality, but I don't remember. I oh stopped. I stopped being the algebra teacher. Oh, <laughs> having to do math is an inequality. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, when I think about the shame and conviction and what you're talking about one of our responses focuses on us and what we can do yes and the other one focuses on the goodness of god and how far he's brought us and how he covered for our sins yes yes because if we try to work so hard which it and it and we'll never accomplish it so we're doing it all in vain to achieve and do then we are actually leaving out refusing the gift of God that he offers us right and to cover all that shame like you don't have to do anything right it takes no effort on your part except for humility which is, does take some work actually That's a lot of work actually <laughs> it's actually easier say. to do all the things than to become humble and isn't that the truth isn't that such a good point because humility and, and being humble is quiet and it takes the light off of you and it sits quietly in a meeting Mm. and it observes and it doesn't always show its opinion and it doesn't always hold the microphone and so it's very unworldly like (laughs) yes you know I was considering the more another downside to shame is that the more of it that we have in our heart the more we're stuffing our hearts and our souls and our minds with you know the shame the pride the guilt All of that pushes God out. Yeah. Well, it's not leaving any room for God to come in. But if we will, if we can just imagine ourselves taking that and placing it before him and allowing him to cover it, to dissolve it, Mm -hmm. then that leaves more room in our hearts and our lives and our words, our actions, our deeds um, for God to enter in and make a difference. I, it totally changes how we interface with other people in our relationships. 100%. I mean, no doubt about it. It not only changes our relationship between us and God, but also between us and others mm. that he created. I wonder if you know, we could ask ourselves with God's you know, in God's presence and with his direction do you feel like enough today? That's a hard one. Do you believe if you stood before God right now, this very moment, he would reach out and hug you? Oh. Or would, or do you imagine him turning away from you? And wh- why is that? Yes. A lot of it can be we've talked about this a long time ago and maybe recently, but so many times we base the character of God on our human experience. Yes. And so as parents, no matter how hard we try, we, we don't, we can't be that all loving agape love. We try, we try, but we will get mad and we will turn our back and we will think, you know? And so I imagine that if you feel like God's going to turn his back on you, you're, picking that up from 
a past experience probably, mm-hmm. or maybe your own experience and how you behave with people. Yes. That's so true. I think the other question that came to mind was what about your past or your present? Oh, it could be either or, or both holds you captive to shame. What has gone on in the past and what is going on maybe in your present that there may not be anything in your present, but how is it holding you captive in shame? And that is something that I think we must discuss with the Lord. There are many things that we've tucked away and we have buried and covered up over years of living and life and denial and whatever else, all the other things that have been piled on top. But going back and uncovering those, we may not even know that they reside there, is very important. Holding all those thoughts before the Lord and praying that he'll reveal what those things are that we may have forgotten. Mm, That still keep our hearts anchored in shame somehow. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure it's similar with you is the closer you get to God and the more you understand his character and the more you spend time with him, he brings up the next layer of that thing, right? Yes. And asks you to heal it. Yes. Yeah. Thankfully, he doesn't come in with a dump truck. (laughs) (laughs) Although it feels as if sometimes it is a dump truck, but it's it's not. It's just because the emotions... There's so many emotions that are tied in with it, but he's so gracious. He doesn't come in with a whole dump dump truck load. He comes in with a little bag of whatever for us to sift through and sort through and handle all the things. So, I don't know. Shame. We all have it. And it can be from the past. It could be from the present. It could be from just a few minutes ago. It could be from a response that we gave Mm -hmm. someone. Mm -hmm. It can be from a decision that we made, an action. It could be from a thought. So what are we doing if we feel like, well, we know we have shame, but when we discover and uncover the shame, what are we going to do with it? There's only one answer. Mm. We don't let it stick around because we, we know we all have it. We're going to feel it. Don't, don't manage, try to manage it on yourself, for yourself. Right. It's like... If you don't know anything about math and investing and whatever all that stuff is. Right. (laughs) Investments. I obviously have no idea. You don't manage that for yourself. You don't manage your own retirement fund Mm. if you know nothing about it. So why do we try to manage other things in our life that we know nothing about and can never handle and be successful with? Mm -hmm. We turn that over to the professionals God is our professional when it comes to matters of the heart Mm. and ways to live. So turning that over, recognizing those feelings and trying to turn them immediately or as quickly as we can over to God to put it into his hands so that we don't take it into our own hands. Yes. And I would add on to that. Seek wise counsel. We talked about wise counsel just a few weeks ago. Um, 
journal that also helps Mm. go see a professional counselor because some of our shame man it's so buried you don't even know but they have this magical way a christian counselor can dig in (laughs) apply god's word to it while digging up some of your mess (laughs) um so this week ask yourselves these two questions and let's Mm -hmm. go ahead and give them the questions one more time yeah sit down ask yourself these questions journal about it and hey we're always here if you want to send us a message absolutely So question one, do you feel like enough? Do you believe if you stood before God right now that he will reach out and hug you? Or do you feel like he would turn away? And why is that? And what about your past or your present holds you captive to shame? Mm. God wants so much more for us. He came for us. He sent his son for us. And he will come again for us. Yeah. But we have to live in this present moment. It is more than just the past of Jesus's resurrection and the future in Revelation of his coming back and the resurrection, the general resurrection. It is this present moment that we live in, the here and now, where we live, try to live this resurrection life ourselves mm-hmm. as if we believe and we have faith in the sacrifice that he made and trust all of those things to him. I love it. That's All great. right, that got deep. Just remember the dump truck, people. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week on The Center in the Saint. Mm-hmm.